With the news media reporting increasingly more data breaches and cybersecurity events, and the use of personal data in ways that invade people's privacy, you need to know how to keep your business's data, not to mention your own personal data, safe from hacks and your business operating in the most secure environment. Otherwise, this can not only hurt your business reputation, it can cost you clients. Welcome to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. We're here to help you prevent potential damages and losses before the hackers even have your number. Now, here is the Privacy Professor and your host, Rebecca Harold. Hello and welcome to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. I'm Rebecca Harold, your host. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the 109th episode of my show. Please subscribe to my show on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or whatever your favorite podcast or news app is. Also, please subscribe to my show on the Voice America Business Channel website, and then you'll be notified just as soon as each new show is available. Thank you to all my listeners everywhere in the world. I sincerely appreciate you in all of the now 77 plus countries where you're located. And thank you for sending all your messages. Please keep sending them. I love getting them. My March Privacy Professor Tips message was published on February 28. Sign up for them by going to privacysecuritybrainiacs.com and submitting your email in the box on your screen. They are free, as they have always been since 2005. So for today, I want to start us out by considering a few recent news headlines. So here's the first. A Westfield, Indiana woman, 84, was heartbroken after losing $98,000 in the online I Fell in Love romance scam. An Oklahoma woman lost $56,000 to the Will You Send Me Money romance scam that's currently targeting the elderly. A Florida woman was arrested for committing a four-year-long romance scam that defrauded an 87-year-old Holocaust survivor out of $2.8 million. A Texas woman was sentenced to 78 months in federal prison in romance fraud uh, scams that defrauded seniors of more than $2.6 million. A North Carolina woman recently lost $20,000. U.S. retirees lost over $139 million during the pandemic. Chris, a Scammer from Nigeria said he's made over $30,000 in just a couple of months from victims of his romance scams. Romance scams increased by over 30% in 2022, according to Lloyd's of London. And, you know, I could have spent the full hour just reading similar recent headlines. I've been on uh, Facebook for several years since probably almost it started and one of my a lot of my family members and longtime friends even school friends back to elementary are on there too and one of my aunts just recently turned 90 she's been a widow for 20 years and she gets her facebook profile stolen 
at least once a month and sometimes weekly. And this this has been going on for years. And she and her children and I, we report them as soon as we see them pop up. And I personally receive friend invitations, not only on Facebook, but also on Twitter and on um, LinkedIn and, and Instagram and other places from folks who claim that they are retired and widowed generals and astronauts and authors. And it's really interesting, just yesterday and what was a new twist that I've seen, I got a, a invitation from what I know is a fake profile that claimed to be a young musician whose music I actually am a fan of. So that was different. But it seems like These romance scams are drastically increasing in occurrence. So I wanted to talk with some experts in this area about it because it just seems like it's really getting out of control. Today, I'm speaking with Kathy Waters, Executive Director and Co-Founder of Advocating Against Romance Scammers, AARS for short, Kathy's logged over 4,000 volunteer hours helping those whose identity has been stolen, as well as the women and men who have fallen victim to the scammers. Kathy's met numerous times with D.C. Congressional and Senate staff, the Federal Trade Commission, the Pentagon, and with the Facebook safety and security team regarding her data collection reports and findings. I'm also speaking with Brian Denny. Brian is also co-founder of AARS. Brian served as an officer in the U.S. Army for 26 years. And in 2016, Brian's photos were stolen and used to build thousands of fake profiles from mainstream social media sites to obscure dating services. And he became the face of a military romance scam, basically. Now, Brian is directly involved in the fight to expose scammers by educating potential victims and changing legislation to keep organized crime off of the internet. So, Kathy and Brian, thank you so much for being my guests today. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy that uh, to have you on and just let everyone hear about this really huge problem. And I thought we could start with Brian's very specific personal experience of, of having his identity uh, stolen. So, Brian, I'm wondering, how did you first discover that your identity was being used for these crimes? Sure. And uh, again, thank you, Rebecca, for uh, having us on this morning. It was uh, in uh, 2016. I was leaving the Army and uh, I was uh, updating my LinkedIn profile because uh, I hadn't had a LinkedIn profile and, uh, and you know, and doing the job search. And uh, uh, someone reached out on LinkedIn and said, hey, I'd like to speak with you. And I kind of assumed this is uh, about a job. And so uh, I shared my phone number. Uh, I was pretty naive about some things back then and uh, uh, quickly got a call and it wasn't about a job. It was to, it was from a lady in Canada uh, who said she had been having uh, a conversation with me and an online relationship and uh, was reaching out to confirm that I was the Brian Denny she was talking to and that uh, I was indeed 
uh, deployed overseas in Syria and coming to visit her on my leave. And uh, it was all kind of shocking. And as I explained to her, no, that that wasn't the case. And she sent me pictures that had been taken off the Internet. And she sent me a uh, pictures of airline tickets that showed my name uh, and that I was flying to see her from uh, an overseas location. And I, I said, none of this is true. And uh, she suggested I go in Facebook and and do a search in the search bar with my name, and I did. And uh, I found double digits of accounts with my name, correct spelling, the exact same pictures, and I thought it was a glitch, but then I started clicking on them and realizing, no, these are individual and separate profiles that some someone had established pretending to be me. And uh, that was the, a big bucket of cold water uh, on me at that point. Oh, my gosh. That must have just given you such a, a weird feeling on the inside to see other people being you. I'm curious, you mentioned that she showed you photos of the airline tickets. Did she purchase those photos, those tickets? No, they had been purchased by the scammer and sent to her as proof that he was making plans to come and see her. And at that point, uh, we kind of discussed it really quickly. I had no idea about romance scams. I had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I quickly started to look into it, and I'm like, you know, and she was worried, hey, who's going to show up? Uh, yeah. And we quickly came to the conclusion that no one's going to show up, uh, that there will be an excuse. You know, no, no one's going to be there. It's not me. And, uh, and rightly so, within a few days, she said, yeah, that, that he's not coming something happened and he can't get away because there's some emergency on the base he's stationed at. And I'm like, okay, so this is all an excuse. They had made the tickets and made them look real. And, uh-huh. and this kind of thing. but yeah, it, it was, it was, as I say, a bucket of cold water. I mean, it's chilling because you start to wonder what else, what have I lost? What else is gone? How, what's my bank information look like right now? And, uh, and at the end of the day, uh, what I'd lost was control of about 12 photos, some from Facebook, and some from, uh, you know, official army kind of publications and things that, I, that had been used and had been taken to me uh, when I was deployed. Um, and so, think, you know, so there were a lot of things that were just out there online. Uh, and then and then a couple of photos that had been taken from from Facebook. So it was not hard to go back and look and find where the original 12 pictures had come from. Oh, wow. I'm curious. Did you confront any of those imposters directly or, you know, what you said you, you started doing some research? What? Yeah. What did you do after you saw them? I mean, I, I can only imagine if I saw mine out there, I would probably ask them questions about myself just to see what they'd say. But, you know, what did you do? Well, how, how do you do that? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. they don't, they're not it's not like I can get in the car and drive down the road and have a discussion. These are people in other countries and in right. my case, Lagos, Nigeria, uh, in Africa. And yes, I initially went on a couple of the profiles and said, uh, a few choice things. Um, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, just typing, Hey, you know, this profile is a scammer. You know, they delete, they, you know, they're not going to answer me. Right. Uh, I'm going to establish a dialogue with me. I know scammers have continued to, to, to fish for more photos and data from me using pictures that they've obviously taken from, you know, other people. 
uh, you know, and, and to be truthful from women that they've had a relationship with and that they have exploited and obtained photographs from, they will now use those photos to come back at me and try to friend me and establish a dialogue and try to get me to divulge more information or, or, or you know, or give them more photos. So, you know, it's all kind of, uh, insidious in the way it works but uh you just gotta kind of keep your wits about you and know hey this you know people that you know online you know don't necessarily really exist you don't know people that you just know online and that uh you know there's there's organized criminals out there looking to take advantage of you in any way they can so so this first started that you recognized in 2016 did you notify any you know any agency any law enforcement agency or like the fbi the uh you know yeah no no i did not what i did was i quickly got onto facebook and started going in and understanding the reporting process which i had no idea about and uh their system is almost entirely based on you know the, the the users of the platform uh reporting profiles that go against their community standards and so clearly one of the standards is you can't have more than one profile, personal profile. And so if all these have my name and all these have my pictures, clearly there's a problem. And so I would go in and report. Um, and, uh, you know, I used to leave, leave long, elaborate messages like, hey, I'm, you know, Colonel retired, so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. I need, I need help. Someone's using my pictures. And I thought, okay, wow, I'm just going to wait for the bandwagon of help to come in to help me get rid of these things. And, you know, the police up the profiles and, um, and after several months, uh, and this started in June, and by November, I was just like, I would write, hey, no one's going to read this, no one's going to care about this, but I'm going to go ahead and report this anyway, and I know you're not going to do anything about it. And, and it was, you know, whether I wrote a lot of things or nothing, the result was the same um, nine times out of ten that we have uh, reviewed the profile and find that it does not go against community standards. Um you know, there you go. Thank you for thank you for playing the game. And so, all very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but and and that's kind of where I was by November of 2016, and trying to 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 fight this on my own. And then, but then Kathy found me and brought some organization into my otherwise chaotic life. So. Oh well, that's great. So. How did, Kathy, how did you find Brian then? Or, you know, how did that, uh, how did you get to know each other? Well, my, it was my mom's friend who uh, was being scammed. And it was just one of those stories. It was too good to be true. Um, She came over on Thanksgiving over to my house and was telling all us about um, this military man that she had met. And he's deployed, but he's coming to live with her. And, um. So she gave us a name and it was Ross Newton. And so that night I went and I looked on her Facebook and found his account. And um, I kind of zoomed in on the photo and it was a Brian in his uniform. And on the uniform, it has his last name. Well, it didn't look like Newton, but it looked like a Lenny or Denny. So I just thought I'd type in army man, Denny. I Googled it and um, I found Brian's LinkedIn account. And so I reached out to him telling him, you know, a lot of the same things that many of the victims say when they reach out to the identity theft victim is, you know, I don't know if you know about this, but somebody's using your photos um, to scam people. And uh, Brian responded back a couple days later and told me um, 
everything he had been going through. And he let me know that, you know, you can pretty much type in any name along with Denny and, and find a photo of him or a fake account of him. And so I sat and did some research and that was exactly the case. I could look up any name, Mike, Steve, John, anything with Denny at the end. And I found an account with Brian's picture. So I screenshot a lot of those and sent him to my mother's friend um, to prove it. Um, it still took quite a while for her to understand and accept, but um, probably after a good two to three months of trying to convince her, um, you know, she, she, she finally understood how it was working. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, it, it is such a hard thing for so many who want to love, so, you know, they want to find somebody, right? And I'm, I'm based here out of uh, Des Moines, Iowa, and, and I lived out in Madison County on a farm for many, many years. And one of our neighbors there became um, a widower, and he was, you know, this is like six years ago or so, six, seven years ago. And he just was so desperate to find, you know, someone else. He met somebody online down in uh, South America and even though he knew I, this is my business, you know, security and privacy, I kept explaining to him, this is not a real person, but yet he wanted it so bad. He just wanted it to be real so bad. He ended up losing tens of thousands of dollars before he finally accepted it. I mean, is that what you see with a lot of these, that people just are so emotionally hungry that it's, it makes it really hard to um, to have them see the the flashing red lights and warnings when they're going on. Oh, absolutely! You know, I, I always think of that same term of love is blind, and even if it's not a scam, you know, a lot of us can see when someone's not such a great person, and we say, you know, oh, love is blind, and they'll learn. And it's um, it's it's very similar. Um, some people have been without somebody for years. Mm-hmm. Somebody is in a loveless marriage. Um, you know, it, it can stem back to even when they were back in, you know, their childhood with trust and um, finally getting somebody to pay attention to them. And so there could be a lot of factors in that. And um, but getting to realize that it's a scam, it definitely depends on how deep you are in the scam as well, how far the manipulation has gone, because um, it gets to the point where the victims don't believe their own family members, but they believe yeah. somebody they've spoken to only online, never seen in person, maybe never even, you know, did a FaceTime. Um, And of course, a lot of times the FaceTimes are all fake anyways, but not to them. It's very real to them. It's all very real. So when this is um, brought up to them that this is a scam, it's uh, it's impossible for them to believe because everything is so real to them. And, um, And if they believe it, their world will come crashing down. So sometimes it's much easier to to not face the reality of it, I guess. And, um, and unfortunately it's a, it's a lot like a drug Mm -hmm. and it affects the same part of your brain, um, as, as an addiction does. So, um, you know, like getting those words and and hearing those, um, affirmations day in and day out, it's a really wonderful thing. And if you haven't had that to share with somebody, um, you don't want to lose that. So it could be very hard to get somebody to understand what is going on when somebody's trying to scam them. Oh, yes, yes. And and before I get into the different, you know, types of scams and in those headlines, you know, I, I mentioned some of them, the way they're representative in the headlines. But I'm curious, Brian, 
what did you experience any harms as a result of others using your identity and and your profile? I mean, did it impact like your credit reports in any way? Did it impact, you know, other types of memberships or anything else? You know, no, um, <clears throat> nothing quite so dramatic as that. But I, where I will tell you it uh, it is very hurtful is, uh, you know, I, I get uh, messages, multiple messages every day uh, from people. You know, you can go in and check your messages and you get a message request from people you don't know and uh, multiple every day from someone uh, that's, uh, you know, has come to the realization that they've been scammed and they're trying to reach out and confirm or deny. And most are understanding and just, you know, you know, wish me well. And Hey, can we still be friends? I'm like, we know the answer is no, we can't do that. Um, and so I get that occasionally I get one like, uh, like yesterday (laughs) from a lady in Romania who, uh, there will be no, there will be no talking her out of the fact that she is firmly entrenched, uh, in the belief that I am the scam, I have scammed her. Uh, I am the guy who's taken her money, uh, and now there is a, a a curse on me that I shared with Kathy this morning. And I mean, and that that is you know that's um, that's a off. I mean, and so that kind of thing. I know there's no way I'm going to be able to convince her that. You know, even though there's a ton of material out there that I and I, I, I pointed her to, she will not be deterred in, in her belief that I am, she's been talking to one person, I'm the scammer, and uh, she and I have had a relationship. Um, the things that are really hurtful is the things that uh, my wife gets uh, every, you know, on a weekly basis mm. that say, I've been in a relationship, an intimate relationship with her husband for some time now and you should know this and you need to divorce him so he and I can be together. I've talked to your children and they want their daddy to be happy and with me. And so my wife has to deal with that, um, which is really hard. And so uh, there's an emotional toll and a financial toll in all of this. Um, But, you know, for for me and my family, there's a lot of uh, an emotional toll that we have to deal with. And and my kids get the same kind of thing. Uh, My my son and my daughters get the same kind of, uh, you know, emails or messages, you know, explaining to them that their dad's having an affair with them. And, uh, you know, and it's luckily my kids are all of age. They know what the deal is and they've been exposed to this as a result a couple of them have no real presence on social media whatsoever because of this kind of thing but uh yeah it, it so has it taken a toll and has it hurt uh, absolutely uh and it continues to do so and will continue to do so oh and i think that's an important point too i mean it's still going on it's like seven years right and and someone just decided they're going to take your life, your likeness, everything about you and and use it for their crimes. So now you're involved in, and basically found no way to stop it because once something's on the internet, it's always on the internet. It gosh, that must just be so hard to deal with. And I would I would say that, you know, it's not someone. These are groups of organized criminals mm. that have found it very profitable to use a couple of photos of me to do this. So it's 
these and these photos are bought and sold uh, on on Facebook uh, and other places, as well as the scripts uh, that they should use to help them help people that are just getting into this business, help them understand uh, the military lingo, how you can create um, believable uh, reasons to get uh, their intended victims to fill out paperwork and uh, provide sensitive information. Uh, and to, to, such as I need, uh, you know, I want to come and see you, but you have to fill, fill out a form, uh, so I can get a clearance and it, the clearance cost is $250 that must come from your, uh, account. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of ways to take advantage of people and, and the how to's of all that are sold online and this will go on forever. Uh, yes, I get it occasionally. Hey, does, does this still happen? Why? I mean, why wouldn't it happen? It's going to continue to happen. And, and one lady early on said, well, at some point you'll be ugly and, you know, old and your pictures won't be worth anything. I'm like, <sighs> no, the, the pictures are still the pictures. They have the pictures. Yeah. That they and so, uh, and so yeah, this, this will be with me for the rest of my life. And my family will have to deal with some aspect of this. And that's a significant crime. It's a significant emotional crime against you and your family uh, members and I'm wondering, do you um, like have uh, like Google alerts or anything set to catch when you know your photo? Like you can do matching of photos whenever they pop up somewhere new. No, I do not. Yeah, so that that's interesting. So yeah, that's one of the things that I, um, a lot of times I had. Uh, like with my aunt that I talked about earlier, we I set it up so that uh, I could get alerts if I find her photo online, and that's how a lot of times we've hopefully we've kept uh, her photo from being used to to keep the profiles out there too much. But it's just a, such a, a hard thing I can imagine to deal with. So, um, you know, gosh. So we're coming up on a break here right now. But when we come back, why I want to start getting into the tactics that the romance scammers use because I anticipate, you know, I've seen many different tactics being used. And uh, I'm curious about what is, um, you know, is effective and what's not effective. Uh, I think our listeners will find that of, of great value. But right now, it's time for a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Today, I'm speaking with Kathy Waters and Brian Denny from Advocating Against Romance Scammers, AARS. I'm your host, Rebecca Harold, the Privacy Professor. Contact me with questions and comments about this show, as well as provide topic suggestions. You can use my email, RebeccaHerald at RebeccaHerald.com. Also through privacysecuritybrainiacs.com website. Please stay with us. We will be right back after these important messages from my sponsors. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
The Privacy Professor is your trusted source for effective information security, privacy and compliance advice, compliance tools, education, consulting, expert witness services, research, report writing, and board positions. Visit us online at privacyguidance.com. Rebecca also provides keynote speeches and her free Privacy Professor monthly tips messages she has published since 2007. Visit privacyguidance.com for help and answers to your questions. The Privacy Security Brainiacs team wants everyone responsible for security, privacy, and compliance to stay up to date with the latest news, risks, and security and privacy practices. Check out their growing library of topics not offered by others. Privacy Security Brainiacs also wants every business to perform automated risk assessments, which are free or value-priced for all types of security and privacy topics. You need to find out more about Privacy Security Brainiacs. Visit PrivacySecurityBrainiacs.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. If you have a question or comment about the program, feel free to send an email to Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. That's Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. Now, back to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. Welcome back to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor on Voice America's Business Channel. I'm your host, Rebecca Harold. Today, I'm speaking with Kathy Waters and Brian Denny from Advocating Against Romance Scammers. And we had such an interesting first segment talking about Brian's personal experiences with this. And I'm wondering, Kathy, you know, what other tactics do romance scammers use? Because we talked about having this online. Do they also go into other forms of communication with their targeted victims, you know, phone and in person. I mean, in person must be scary as heck. Yeah, there's um, so the the type of romance scams that we typically deal with are the ones that where the scammers from another country. And um, it's very rare that they do deal with it in person. Of course, there have been some like the Tinder swindler where they have met in person. Uh, But for the for the most part of the online scams, um, they go through, they'll always start on the platform like Facebook, um, Twitter, some of the game apps, and um, and they want to move the conversation to a, t- a chat like WhatsApp or Hangouts because those are encrypted sites and it's incredibly difficult once a uh, conversation is deleted to retrieve it back. And, and I'm talking about like law enforcement when they want to um, try and find the criminal. So um, they use, um, gosh, they use mail when they when they'll want to um, use money mules and it will never go directly to them they'll always use somebody else either that's um, a victim of the scam or maybe working for them as well but um, the phone is used as uh, sometimes they will try and send some video chats and the video chats are usually edited videos of um, videos that they've stolen from somebody else's personal site say um, they've used Brian's um, some of his his um, 
news interviews and they've slowed it down. Actually, a scammer sent it to me one time to try and blackmail me into getting take, taking Brian's photos down if I sent him a certain amount of money. So they will use any tactic they possibly can in order to get somebody to try and believe them. And honestly, those, those face-to-face ones or the videos, um, those really get a lot of people because they don't know that these scammers know how to, to edit videos and, you know, and, and copy videos from uh, an innocent person's profile. Well, and the deep fake video capabilities to actually put, you know, someone else's image to what you are saying and doing are just so mind blowing right now. It that makes it even that much harder, um, I would think. And I, I'm curious too, talking about these different you know, communication paths, uh, Brian, you know, like we mentioned at the break, how yours are even in other locations that are probably not um, searchable online, places that are private, you know, like paid for dating sites and, and things like that. So that probably makes it even harder to find where all those are at, doesn't it? Yeah, I, so it, it never in an attempt to you know destroy Facebook or shut down Facebook, but an attempt to you know make the platform better and safer for its users. We focused much of our energy there, but you know, and any number of other social media sites like Facebook, there's you know I, I have a, a presence and TikTok and uh, Snapchat and uh, those kind of things. Uh, I you know I, I or Instagram. Uh, I'm out there. And at one point, uh, Kathy and I had researched it. I've never been on a, I've never been on a dating site. Uh, but I think there was, uh, you know, 50, 60, 70. We just stopped looking. Mm. Um, you know, we were collecting some data on, on, on dating sites. And so there are some small local localized dating sites that I was on where, you know, you could meet and take advantage of people, you know, within a, a specific kind of geographic area uh, and quickly move those people off of the dating sites onto uh, a more private email and this kind of thing without, you know, other people kind of watching what you were doing. So, yeah, so there were some really unique, uh, unique dating sites, like, again, Chinese, Chinese only. Um, I was on that that one and that one always stands out. Like, why, why would I be on that? But uh, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff out there and, uh, you know, it's hard to say where it really stops and starts. Well, you know, now that you mention that, too, with those type of private, if you will, or paid dating sites where you have to be a member to get in and people are using your images and and even deep fake videos and so on, I could imagine. I mean, it's a dating site, so that seems like it could really lead to some physical um, harms. Have, Have you seen any physical harms from the folks who have been falling for these types of scams? I mean, in addition to the like financial losses and so on? I mean, so I guess we'd have to like talk about what do you mean by physical harm? I mean, I, I know that, uh, yeah. I, so most of the people that are participating in the scams are overseas and are not, are not going to show up on your doorstep. Uh, uh, they will threaten you. They will intimidate you. They will bully you. Uh, and they will push you to to do things um, that you not you know you, because you feel like the people that are involved in this feel like that they maybe don't have control, but it, it, they're not going to show up uh, on your doorstep uh, and and visit violence upon you. They will tell you that 
they will they will get emotional and 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 say things that would indicate that they're going to do that. But certainly, you know, if you're uh, if you've been involved with a romance scammer and uh, you know you 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 should not have been because you're in a relationship with someone else and you should not have been uh, you know with in in a in an online relationship. Uh, you know, people people find out and people do things that they shouldn't necessarily do. And now that you know. Uh, there, there has been episodes of violence, and you know, and people harming themselves simply because what they've done when they realize what they've done, and they've given away their life savings, and they're older in life and have no way to recoup that money, uh, and they have, uh, and they're embarrassed to tell their friends and family what they've done. Yeah, there, there's, you know, people have hurt themselves, taking their own lives because of where this has left them. Oh yeah, when I was researching some of those headlines there were I didn't include them but there were seven that I found in just the last month that were talking about um, folks who had committed suicide after finding out what that they had been tricked and they were so embarrassed and felt so bad but no I was thinking more of the other uh, in addition to that I was thinking you know if it's in a, a dating site because on those dating sites, a lot of times they're always saying, oh, let's go meet here for our first date or whatever. That's what I was thinking about. Maybe there had been, you know, physical harms there. But um, I guess what are some of the worse than financial um, losses or other types of losses that you've seen some of the folks that you've helped? And I know, Kathy, you've helped so, what is it, over 4,000, maybe even more than that now hours helping people what are some of the the impacts of this um you know one story that has always gotten me is um one of my board members uh, her mom was a victim and she literally continued with her chemo um to stay alive longer to help the scammers out uh, she continued to send every dime that she had um once she did pass away um they realized that every dime had, had been sent to the scammers. And, um, I mean, I mean, that's, you know, how, how far the manipulation can go. So, um, oh yeah, there was, um, one lady that I knew had pulled over to, um, she was ridiculed at the airport, uh, because she was waiting for the scammer to get off the plane, thinking he was going to come and spend the rest of his life with her. And, um, the security ended up making fun of her and, you know, kind of laughing at her story and telling her that, She's a victim of a romance scam, and they see this often. And she pulled off the side of the road and took several pills trying to end her life. Um, fortunately, that wasn't the case, uh, and, she, and you know she lived to tell her story. Um, but yeah, the the uh, the manipulation it can severely impact somebody to the point of suicide, like you mentioned. Oh uh, well, let's help our listeners then identify. You know, how can our listeners? identify when either they are being scammed or maybe their family members or friends? I mean, what are some ways to spot a scammer? Um, a scammer uh, will normally approach you first. It's usually, I would say, 99.9%. A scammer is going to approach you first. Um, their account is usually a new account, newly built. You can look at that. You can look at their um, friends that are following them? Are they all um, one particular gender? Usually it's a bunch of, um, uh, you know, females on a male account um, and the females 
have a bunch of males on their account and friends. Um, the comments that are on there, a lot of them are flirty comments from their followers. Um, there's several several different um, ways to to look into that and to see if they are a scammer. But um, of course, when they start talking to you, they're going to want to love bomb you and call you dear and sweetie. They love you um, pretty quickly. Um, sometimes within a matter of a couple of days, they love you and want to spend the rest of their life with you. And, uh, and then they really start, you know, asking for the money. Sometimes they'll start off slowly with a small amount to see if you would be willing to send it. Um, and, if you are, then they'll go for the for the bigger amounts. But um, yeah, usually the the first few early onsets is the is the love bombing, and um, and they're always going to approach you and want to move the conversation. So this asking for money now it's mm-hmm. always intriguing to me. So what is it? Because I'm thinking if a stranger asks me for money online, of course. I've already, I've got a very high bar anyway of being suspicious uh, of people, but um, you know, what do they typically ask for to to open up the pocketbook, if you will, to uh, get people to just even start giving them money? Do they start out with small amounts? Do they, you know, have some hardship or do? How do they get people to to get started with giving them money to begin with? That creates a a pathway to bigger and bigger amounts of money that they take from them. Well, it, it could be a, a couple of things. I'll, I'll throw a couple out, Kathy. So like yeah. I said, you know, hey, I'd really like to have a relationship with you. I would like to come visit you, but uh, I, I need you to fill out some paperwork that my chain of command requires because I'm in a sensitive location. And if you fill this out, you know, maybe we can do a video chat together. And here's the the you know official army paperwork that we've handily created mm-hmm. and uh i just need you to pay the 250 dollars uh and then we can uh we can maybe skype or uh have a zoom call or something like that uh that's one way another way is uh hey yep i'm deployed overseas and i'm you know doing great and wonderful things for other people and my son's in a boarding school in tennessee and uh, uh he's been hurt in a a horse riding accident, and now he needs money, and I can't access my money because I am deployed overseas, and uh, he needs a couple hundred dollars for medicines to, to help him get better. Could you help me out? And, uh, you know, they're, they're two, very, two very different, but very, very real, uh, you know, ask that we've seen time and time again, and uh, people want to help, want to help a soldier that's deployed, uh, yes. or, you know, maintain or continue with some contact, and we see these. Yes, you know, now that you, you, you describe those, yes, no wonder so many military are targeted, right? Because you're out of the country, you're, you're doing service to the country, so people, you know, they have high regard for the military, and, when, and then it makes sense to them that you would not have funds over while you're fighting, right? So, wow. So, yeah, that, no wonder there's so many mil- in the military or who used to be who are yeah. targeted because it gives them legitimacy to claim that, doesn't sure. it? it? It is a lot about the appeal of a man or woman in uniform and uh, some inherent trustworthiness that goes along with the uniform and responsibility. And, uh, oh, you know, you're a soldier. I want to help you out uh, and do this for you. And uh, and it's also a great smokescreen for, hey, why can't we do a video chat? Well, you know, ah. why can't I – you tell me more about what you're doing. Why can't you send me pictures, you know, of what you're doing? And, 
splice the, the, the comms from your end very much limited. Well, because I'm in a secure location and I can't do those kind of things. I can't tell you much about what I do. Just know that I'm helping people and, you know, this kind of thing. But you can send me everything you want. In fact, these are the things I would like to see from you. And, uh, and you can see how it facilitates, you know, that kind of arrangement. Yeah, and I wonder that now that you're talking about that, I wonder how many um, of those types of situations actually are real. I mean, if, if if the general public knew that there's only a very teeny-weeny percentage of military who would even do that, I mean, do, I wonder if those in the military, are they told, you know, not to try to even get into those types of situations for real just because there's so many scammers that, that use military profiles or maybe that's not maybe those two things haven't been connected yet i don't know well i mean what do you tell people in the military don't establish a social media presence or don't go on you know don't use linkedin i mean that 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 doesn't seem really practical uh and you're kind of punishing people because uh they're serving their country and they wear a uniform so what you tell people is don't post pictures uh in your uniform uh, or be wary of those that you post uh, and this kind of thing. Um, sure. Because they can be used to take advantage of folks. Uh, and I would say, like, my, a, a couple of the first official photos were you, that were used were uh, U.S. Army, you know, pictures taken by the government uh, of me in uniform when I was, you know, out in, uh, you know, and in fact, quite quickly, not taken by the U.S. government, but taken by a publication that serves the U.S. government of me out doing my job in Afghanistan. Uh, and that was, you know, easily, you know, you could find those kind of pictures pretty easy on Google, uh, if you kind of look, um, and that's, that's kind of where they were taken. And so, uh, and they were out there, they, they were, they've been in newspapers and the like, so, or a video clip. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's out there in, in public domain, but you know, the reality is anybody can take anything, uh, out of the public domain and use it for nefarious kind of purposes. So, right. Well, Kathy, who should folks who are who discover they're being scammed, who should they report that to then? Um, I primarily recommend the IC3, which is the Internet Crimes Complaint Center. Um, it is the FBI cybercrime uh, reporting unit. Um, I always say to report there, you won't get an answer back right away. Um, Sometimes they just hold your information, but the more information that they get um, that they can tie with other uh, claims, they can make one big um, case on it. So I always recommend to to start there. Um, You can also report to the Federal Trade Commission. It's important for them to know as well so they know exactly what uh, they need to focus on through the social media Um, they're very much aware. The thing is, is Federal Trade Commission can't move forward unless something is put into a law to where they can move forward and um, and go after social media, holding them responsible. So uh, we'll we'll say to report to them. And um, the Better Business Bureau is actually taking reports, too, on on the romance scams. And they will report and they will let the um, the IC3 know as well um, if you feel safer going through uh, the BBB. So those are the three main we we suggest. So that's so those are all located in the U.S. Now, do any of those then um, accept reports? Because we I have a lot of international listeners. So if yes. they get hit, can they call? You know, can they report that to the IS? Is it ISC three dot? 
ic3.gov yes they can they absolutely ic3.gov ic3.gov okay i'd be saying that so my listeners could get that down so um folks in other countries can also contact them as well yes they can yes oh well that's good to know because i anticipate i mean this has to be a problem worldwide right oh absolutely yeah and they um i mean even though you know somebody from romania is is being scammed by somebody who looks like they're from the United States or saying they're from the United States, they can report that. Um, for those who are in another country and dealing with another country, I wouldn't really recommend um, reporting to the IC3 um, only because uh, I don't know exactly, um, you know, if, if the IC3, I don't know how much of it they keep that are from out of the country. I don't know if it's everything that's reported or if it's just what's tied to the United States. Um, but I know that they can always go to their uh, law enforcement, um, whoever deals with um, outside um, countries and like Europol. I know they have, um, they work with different countries and trying to um, go into to apprehend other people who are like in Africa or, and if you're, you know, reporting from another country. So um, definitely report to the law enforcement, never let it go unreported because if it goes unreported, then um, it's, you know, nobody knows that there's a problem. Right. Exactly. And I think probably a lot of people would be, maybe they don't report simply because they're embarrassed or they just don't want to feel like, you know, they don't want anyone to know that they've been fooled or tricked or scammed. Oh yeah. That's, that's a huge part of it. Yeah. They don't, um, they don't, they don't want to look like, yeah, that they have been uh, frauded. Um, it's very well known out there that there's fraudsters and people say it's never going to happen to them, but it can definitely happen to anybody who is approached. And, you know, you might not be in a vulnerable spot now, but, you know, maybe a couple of years from now you are and you've let your guards down and you might just, you know, let in that person that is going to end up scamming you. So yeah. um, everybody needs to to keep their guards up and and keep their self-educated on this subject. Absolutely. Well, we're we're heading to the end towards the end of our show. So, you know, my last question for all of my guests is always, you know, in around one or two minutes from each of you, what is the primary point that you want listeners to remember from our discussion today? So Brian, maybe you can start. Sure. I will uh, take a whack at it. I, you know, and, it, and it's just this and it's, it's real simple. And this is how you kind of make romance go, scams go away. And then, you know, and that's making it unprofitable for these scammers uh, to continue this activity. And so uh, really easy. That's one of the kind of golden rules you learned uh, as a kid. Don't give money to strangers. And the people that you know only online are strangers. You don't know them. You, you, you've you never met in public, shaking a hand, look somebody in the eye, then you really don't know that person. It's just a bunch of pictures and a bunch of words until that point. So uh, don't give money to strangers. Uh, and if you think, hey, I'm, I'm too smart, this will never happen to me. I've met some really smart people that this has happened to. But if you think you're too smart for this to happen to you, uh, please share this message with your sister, aunt, cousins, mother, grandmother, uh, because everyone is susceptible to being emotionally vulnerable at some point in their life. And these scams target the emotionally vulnerable. Oh, perfect. Yeah. If you don't give them money, they're probably going to leave you <laughs> before too long. So um, 
Kathy, how about you? What is the primary point you want to leave with our listeners today? Well, Brian's right on is don't give money to strangers. But my main thing is report the crime. If you have been victimized in a romance scam, you deserve your justice. And um, if you're not from the United States, you know, go to your local law enforcement. They can direct you to the right place to report. Um, But if again, if you don't say anything, then, you know, you're not going to get the justice that you deserve. So please report any kind of romance scam or any kind of online scam that that you're affected by. Excellent. Wonderful advice. And again, um, I've been speaking today with Kathy Waters and Brian Denny from Advocating Against Romance Scammers, A-A-R-S. And Kathy, can you give that uh, URL for your website uh, to for our listeners? Yeah, it's advocatingforyou.com and it's the letter U, not Y-O-U. Great. Advocating for you, the letter U.com. Great. And they've uh, been discussing with me today romance scams, personal experiences, tactics, how to spot the scams. I really hope you found the information interesting um, and useful. I know I did. So, you know, what do you have with any additional questions about this topic maybe that you want to ask? Or maybe you have uh, some other suggestions. Just send them in. I really love getting your questions. I love getting your feedback. And I may cover them in an upcoming episode. Or maybe put them in my monthly tips. Or uh, maybe one of my upcoming books even. uh, With your consent of of course. Uh, So you could contact me using Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHarold.com. If you cannot make our scheduled debut show each month. You'll be able to listen to the recordings, and you can find recordings of all my past shows on your favorite news app, in addition to the VoiceAmerica.com business channel website. You can also visit my YouTube channel, The Privacy Professor. So until the next show, ask those that you do business with, that you work for, if they're doing all they can to protect the information you've entrusted to them, you know, including protecting information those images of you that might be posted by them online for some reason at some company event or maybe a family get together, be aware of, of how those photos are being used and maybe if they could be used as targets and uh, be privacy aware in the month ahead and be safe out there. Don't give people money. (laughs) Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in this week. Data security and privacy with The Privacy Professor can be heard live the first Saturday of each month at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next time, stay safe.